My, my juices flow all the time. Absolutely, absolutely. You know as much as I know. Right now, we've been able to stuff to stuff. The curse is broken. NC State fans, finally. <laughs> finally. Hey, happy Thanksgiving. I mean, that's a triple play. Wolfpack ain't for soft. It ain't for soft people. We have a very special Law of the Wolf this week. You you know it's big when I want to talk about recruiting. Me, Joe Gilio. Uh I, I can't talk about recruiting without the expert himself, NC State rivals, Wolfpack Central. JC Zemble. JC, so what you're telling me is is NC State's doing well with signing day coming up tomorrow. That's what that's what you're telling me. Yeah, I think they are. You know, I think, you know, a little bit of a bumpy road at different times. But when you look at the combination of what they're doing with prep players, junior college targets, and the portal, you know, they had specific needs. A lot of them on offense, as, as we all know. Right. They needed, a, they needed an extra linebacker. You know, they needed help in the secondary. You know, there were certain things, and they feel like it, it just feels like they're meeting those needs. I mean, the most important one of all, was getting Grayson McCall, obviously, to, to solidify the quarterback spot. But, you know, when you look at all the, you know, the, the portal gets a lot of the the action. You know, the it's the bright, shiny toys. But it's still always going to be the high school players that provide the foundation. You know, in a perfect world, you, you like to look at the portal as if you're going to the butcher's market. Okay. You know, one day you might want the Reuben. Another day, you might want the French dip. I know you, Joe, you like a good hot dog, correct? Oh, yeah. So that's what the portal is. You, 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 you don't want to have, you know, the portal build your team, though it has happened with in a roundabout way when you look at what Louisville and Florida State have done. Yeah. It's a great way to turn around a program. But in a perfect world, you hope to have, say, a core of like 14, 15 guys. And then if you bring in four or five transfers that immediately start, that's perfect. Bring in your French dip. Perfect. So let's start with the portal. You mentioned Grayson McCall, Coastal Carolina. This is a this is a home run, no? I think so. I mean, everything about him is screams he does two things well. He protects the ball, which we all know is important. Yes, especially to Dave Doran. And he has a very good touch on, you know, short intermediate routes. You know, those 20-yard passes. He may not have the biggest arm in the world, but he's a tough guy. You know, you you kind of do worry about his uh, his injury history because yeah. in the best of times, he usually misses one or two games a year. And then this past year, he had a serious concussion that knocked him out for four or five games. I think it was five total. But, you know, everything about him, I mean, he's a six-year guy. We, we saw how important it was, as I call it, having an adult in the room when you have guys like Brennan Armstrong and Peyton Wilson in their sixth year, you know, big difference in terms of leadership and maturity level. Um, you know, and it all starts with the quarterback. You know, they, they were desperate for a tight end. So they get Johnny Jolly from Whoa, UConn. whoa, whoa. You got to slow down. You got to slow down. One, <laughs> thing, one thing, I know you're excited. I know you're excited one thing at a time. Uh, uh, I know I know. We're talking recruiting is not your favorite thing to I, do. I, know. <laughs> I just have to rein you in a little bit. Uh, so McCall is a six will be a sixth year guy. I, I think y- your point there about having that older player. I 
now this might be balanced out by a freshman that they're bringing in, but I, I'm kind of on the uh, of the opinion. I would like for them to get off of the the sixth year rolling quarterback carousel, but I think to your point, maybe he's he's too good and too good of a fit to, to pass up. I agree with that, you know, and you 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 joked about the Tim Beck factor in mm-hmm. the past pods, but it, it even goes deeper than that. You have Chris Proctor who was at NC State, you know, forever under both yeah. Eli Drinkwitz and Tim Beck. You know, uh, uh, an underrated aspect. The offensive coordinator this past year, quarterbacks coach for Coastal Carolina, was a guy named Travis Trickett. You would know his family or remember members yeah. of his family. Yeah. Well, Travis coached with Tony Gibson, the defensive coordinator for NC State at West Virginia, all the way back to 2003 at one point. You know, so it, it, it isn't just Tim Beck. I mean, there are literally multiple people on the staff who – could just pick up the phone and be like, hey, you know, what what makes Grayson McCall tick? And they can get the ultimate, you know, scouting report or, or insight. And in, in a roundabout way, that that's what kind of this portal class has become is that they either have an insider's view of recruiting them out of high school or they played against them. And, you know, and, and many of the other transfers, you know, state played them. You know, and it's one thing to have film and, and to know whatnot, but you also game plan, you know, for a Wesley Grimes or you game plan for just uh, the preview, previously mentioned uh, Jolly, a tight end mm-hmm. from Connecticut. So, you know, there's a lot of film that they already know on the guys that they're bringing in. I think that's kind of like a, a really under the radar aspect about their, their portal class is that. You know, there's one thing that some schools, they bring in guys and it's kind of speed dating and it's kind of a blind deal. And and they may not know their personalities or, or how, the, you know, exactly how good they are. But, it, you know, in this case, it's like it almost feels like, oh, you know, State played Notre Dame. Hey, look, they got the starting center. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, when they got Joe Selfo from South Alabama. You know, Joe Selfo had a great game against them. And it was like, hey, this guy's available as a graduate transfer back then. Uh, they added him, plugged them in, and and he he did really well for them. Uh, the one year that he was able to play for them, so uh, he just got a nice promotion this past week. He did. Shouts to my guy is going to be calling plays, so I'm excited for him. Um, the guys that they got in the portal, though, you mentioned Jolly. Uh, I feel like at the UConn tight end, big kid, uh, like his size, put up you know e- decent numbers, um, but just adds a different dimension that I we didn't see at all this year. Zero zero dimension this year. Um, you know, the fact that he's a, a, a player capable of catching 58 passes. Now, will he catch 58 passes in Raleigh? Who knows? Right. But he's a he's a decided upgrade. And and tight end's a tricky position in the portal. You know, it's it's kind of crazy because Louisville just got three of them. You know, so they're they're kind of like hogging all the tight ends. But you know, most of the there isn't a big tight end market. I know that might be shocking to some people, but you know, the, for them to strike fast and, and get that done before people even realize, they, like, you know, there aren't a lot of tight ends out there. Um, you know, probably the one with the most upside is the one that played against NC State, which is Holden Stays from Notre Dame. Yeah. Had a big game against the Pack. He's an upside guy. But, they're, you know, there's not, not no, uh, a bunch of no-brainers. So the fact that they got Jolly and then they went and got a junior college kid who is 6'6", 265, Dante Daniels, you know, that literally the room was, was gone. <laughs> like it was, I don't know if Javante Vereen's even really considered a tight end because he's essentially a wide receiver, but he was the, he and Reed Mitchell and, and whatever defensive end 
tight end, Isaiah Shirley, whatever he ends up being. Like that's it. That was the room. Like that's that's what ha- that was what left after um, all the players transferred out and and you know so they had to start that position from scratch. So that's why he was incredibly important. Uh, we we all knew they were going to get a wide receiver uh, by the end of the year. They only had two healthy running backs. So I mean there was there's major needs on offense to not just get guys but get guys who have to play key roles. All right, I want to get into. Um the matrix breaking uh in the inter big four intra big four transfers but first of course law of the wolf is brought to you by hometown realty look i know it's december uh, there, there's holidays it's going to be new year's i get it you're busy but now is actually the time to start thinking about what you're going to do when the school year ends if you want to move the best thing to do is go to myhtr.com if you want to get into new construction the best way to do that is through hometown realty those builders are going to offer you incentives. The best way to cash in on those incentives is to go through Hometown Realty. Again, it's myhtr.com. You can buy, sell, and calculate. And then when you want to close on your house, you're going to need help to do that. Or maybe you're like me. You get random traffic tickets that you need taken care of. So go to Whitaker and Hamer, Josh Whitaker, Joe Hamer. It's wh.lawyer. Uh, we're going to be doing a Super Tecmo Bowl tournament over at Josh's place in, in Garner. It's called Shady's in downtown Garner. So looking forward to that on February 4th. Uh, big thanks to Josh and Joe for sponsoring us here at Law of the Wolf. And of course, there is no Law of the Wolf without Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority. Hayes Lancaster wants to save you money. The best way to do that is to bundle all of your different coverages, the way to protect your house. Go to bugsbite.com. That's bugsbite.com. Take care of all of those pest and mosquito problems at your house. All right, JC. So... The two most interesting names in the portal to me are not Grayson McCall. They are not Justin Jolly. It, mm-hmm. Wesley Grimes is a kid from, from Wake Forest who is a receiver who they had recruited out of high school. And then Jordan Waters, the running back from Duke. So let me get this straight. State has a player from Wake now and Duke. When does the matrix break? When do we get the state to Carolina or the Carolina to state transfer. I'm, I'm chomping at this one. I'm ready for this one. Well, it's, it, it's funny. I was looking the other day. I think Donchez styles has got like three or four 20 plus point games for Georgetown. He they're, does. They're, they're not winning, okay. but, but at least it's, it's proof that he has a pulse that he's a good guy, good, good basketball player. He just got completely buried at, at UNC, you know, Wesley Grimes, you know, I like to think of him as somebody who, I wouldn't say fell through the cracks a little bit because of the COVID stretch. Right. But I don't think he was completely appreciated his junior year. State was on him hard. Obviously, Wake Forest was. But I don't know if people understood just how good he was at Raleigh Millbrook. I, you know, he committed early. He committed, I want to say, around Labor Day. Um, going, and Wake had it running hot at receiver. That position coach had been oh, turning guys out. Yeah, it made sense at the time. They had A.T. Perry and and Jamal Banks was just emerging. And like you said, I mean, they, they've had a thousand yard receivers yeah. left and right. It just it went off a ditch this year because of the quarterback position at, at Wake Forest. But, you know, when you look at it, like Wesley had a magical senior year. And that's actually when his recruitment really heated up. Um you know, there was a locally uh, in the Raleigh area, people not, out your read, your watchers outside of Raleigh may not realize there's a local game of the week on Fridays. 
and he torched Brian one night for 200 plus yards and five touchdowns. Um, every time Millbrook played Roseville that year, because of Noah Rogers, Wesley Grimes, and then uh, his younger receiver Nathan Leacock, who's now at Tennessee, it was like must see. It was a must see game because of all the talent on the field, and and Wesley delivered, you know, in those games. But you know, State never probably gave up on him. But then all of a sudden, Clemson jumps in hard. Notre Dame jumped in harder. UNC started to kick the tires. And that's that's when Wake Forest really had to hold on. And, and somehow, some way, they did. You know, I mean, he's the rare, rare four-star uh, prep player to pick Wake Forest. You know, someone obviously I watched, you know, off and on his first yeah. few years. He had a monster spring game. You know, that, that oh, was when everybody was excited. I think he had like mm-hmm. 11 catches for 150 yards. And people can poo-poo what spring spring games are, but 11 for 150 is serious business. Then Donovan Green gets hurt. So, okay, he really has to step up and play a key role for uh, Wake Forest. Got off to a, a decent start, missed a few games with injury, and then it's a combination. He's a true sophomore, and they just didn't have the quarterback play. I mean, yeah. they, they literally played three quarterbacks, two of whom entered the portal, um, they're, they're, you know, so he ends up entering the portal. I don't think he cared, you know, who the quarterback was going to be at NC state. He just wanted to kind of come home and, you know, I'm sure he lives like 25 minutes from campus. You know, I'm sure that's where he, he grew up and, you know, I don't know what he'll do next year. I mean, I think he has the potential to one day be that guy who gets, you know, 50 catches for 850 yards, seven, eight touchdowns. Um, but as you know, state fans and and as you've pounded home all year, like wide receiver was a major, major sore spot outside of Kevin Concepcion. And between him and Jonathan Paler, you gotta hope that you know the three of them, Concepcion, Paler, Wesley Grimes, all of a sudden that position has got a whole lot more big playability next year than than what we've seen uh recently. 62187. So we're not talking about like some sort of munchkin slot here either. No, he's an outside guy and he's not a he's not a physical bruiser or anything like that. This is not Kelvin Harmon. Okay. But, but what he did do, what he does, the three things he does great, or at least in the high school level, and then flashes at Wake Forest. He's got great body control. You know, he really knows how to high point the ball. Um, and then what, what I always value in a receiver and, and it doesn't get emphasized enough, but you need guys who can catch third down passes when it's third and seven and move the chains. Like not everything has to be a home run. Not everything has to be flashy. You got to move the chains in college football. And what he is, has, has always shown the ability. And, and obviously Concepcion is very gifted at this too. They know how to move the chains. They can catch the eight yard pass. You know, and you got to keep your defense off the field. You got to keep your offense on the field. Guys like Wesley Grimes can should be able to do that. Um, you know, so that's that's an area. Good speed. You know, not not a blazer, but you know that's that's what Jonathan Paler is for. You know, he's the blazer out of, out of next year's group. But uh, you know, but the room needed the, the wide receivers needed an overall. Yeah, the and, running backs need an upgrade too. That's where yeah. the Jordan Waters, another sixth-year guy. Again, I don't mind a little plug and play action with some of these six-year guys, as long as you're bringing some people up behind them, you know. And maybe this gives Raphael a chance to develop on a more uh, normal scale than throwing them into the the deep end of the ocean as they had to do at points this year. But 
I, Waters feels like another home run. You know, he, again, he's an adult in the room. I mean, he's he is the ultimate plug and play guy. You know, um, does it mean he's going to be an all conference player or run for fourteen hundred yards? Yeah, probably un- unlikely. But what I was impressed with with him, you know, you you and I have seen Duke off and on, and we see teams like Wake Forest. They're they're they tended to have more of a finesse offense. They they tended to bog down in the red zone when they have to run on third and three. What I liked about Waters when I watched him against Clemson and then Duke against Notre Dame, like he's a physical guy now. Like he's mature again, older guy. Yeah. He's he told me yesterday he put on 25 pounds since his freshman year of, of uh, at Duke. At Duke. Yeah. So he's he's around 219. And they had and, they had a great uh strength program over there. That was one of the big reasons the big jump they made from Cutcliffe to Elko was the improvements that they made on off the field in the weight room. So I, I, again, between McCall and, and waters, you're talking about two guys who are coming in right away to help a team that as you said, is going to have some turnover personnel turnover and has a real chance next year, JC. And you have, you've been texting me and talking to me about the schedule next year. And I, the more I look at it, the more I go, Holy smokes. Are you right? Yeah, I mean, obviously, when the schedule came out, like maybe a month ago, you know, maybe you thought Duke was going to be a hard game. Well, Duke got hit hard, and they got a coaching change. Yeah, that, that has radically changed. Um, you know, obviously, Clemson and Tennessee will be the the two two that stand out like sore thumbs. Sure. You know, but if your debate on the third toughest game is between Georgia Tech and North Carolina, at least in my mind, yeah, that tells you something. <laughs> that tells you a lot that that that's if that's the debate on the third and fourth teams, you know, you know, so, you know, we just saw it with Louisville this year and, you know, Louisville took advantage and no one, no one, I don't know, maybe people didn't even watch the Louisville Florida State game, but you talk about a team that had about six incredible opportunities to do something. Yeah, That was Louisville against, I know everyone loves the Florida State defense, but if if they complete if they catch two passes if they if the quarterback doesn't you know hit the linebacker's hands on a dump off to the tight end like there's there was points right there yeah so you know to me as as you have pointed out over the years there's certain years where everything lines up and you have to take it back yes uh well i want to get into that the story of nc state football (laughs) yes I want to get into the uh, the freshmen that they're adding to the class, but first, uh, Home Field Apparel has all of your great NC State swag, jackets, sweatshirts, uh, <laughs> golf shirts, you name it. They have all of the different options, t-shirts, all of the throwback designs. So go to homefieldapparel.com. That's homefieldapparel.com. If you use the code OG23, you'll get 15% off. And as you'll see, once you order once, all the offers and all the discounts come rolling your way. Can't thank them enough for sponsoring us here at the Law of the Wolf. And of course, as you know, as JC knows, go to the breeze through. Get your lifetime refill tumbler. JC is the poster child for this. Man. All the time you spend at Carter Finley Stadium and PNC Arena. I mean, I tell you, Wednesday is a big, big breeze through day. Yeah. Well, I'm the coffee guy. You're not a coffee guy, though. I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I'm not rolling with your, your what do you call it, grounded rounds? My dark roast. Yeah, dark yeah. Dark roast, yeah. So, uh, no, but no, it, it's a great deal. And then they have everything else that you need. 
Obviously, gas, as, as I always often overlook. Uh, 17 locations, though. I just happen to be partial to the one right there by PNC Arena on uh, Trinity and Edwards Mill. So go check them out at Breeze 2. All right, JC. So let's talk a little bit about the, the freshman class, which will actually be signed tomorrow for the first. Now it's the first signing day. Are we still pretending that it's the first signing day and not really like the actual signing day? Or no, help me out with my vernacular long. here. It's the full-blown one. I mean, there'll okay. be a trickle of kids who will sign in February from high school or junior college, I'm sure. Okay. Maybe not so much Juco. I, I, you know, the, the the guys who need to enroll early, the guys who have to enroll in the spring, you know, they, they pretty much have to make their decision in the month of December. That That's what makes this whole month of time crunch is that the, the portal guys have to enroll, the junior college guys have to enroll, and a lot of the high school players – they're actually enrolling too uh, mid-semester now. So, you know, to me, State's class right now is ranked 29th in the country, which is pretty good. Okay. Um, you know, to put this in perspective, Louisville is behind them. Washington is behind them. Utah is behind them. Like all teams that were ranked pretty much in the top 15 off and on, well, obviously in Washington's case, playing for the uh, a chance for a national title. But, you know, some very good programs. Arkansas is behind them. You know, so, you know, even the vaunted SEC is is got some teams that are behind them. So I looked at NC State's class. To me, I knew going in probably in the month of April and May, you know, last spring, that wide receiver and DB would probably define the class. Um, you know, they, they locked up Cedric Bailey, who was at the top of the list. He was obviously a major get. And then they held on to him with dear life when Miami came calling in the last month. Okay. So, yeah. Tell me a little bit about him because as I said to you, I would have preferred they went into the portal and got a younger quarterback who they could keep. But I, I understand McCall was a little bit too good to pass up, but if you could bring a Bailey in and potentially develop them, well, maybe they have the best of both worlds. Well, I mean, it, it's, it's a big ass to have a, a say Bailey replace um, Grayson McCall in a year, but Hey, okay. if, we, if we could do it, that, that would be, Tremendous for the program. I completely agree with your premise. And I think others are talking about that more and more because there, there's a big difference in year two um, with the transfer quarterbacks compared to the first year. Um, you know, for, for as much local attention as Sam Hartman and Devin Leary got, you know, for transferring to Notre Dame and Hartman's case, Leary to Kentucky, you know, they got him for one year and then right. the schools move on. Well, look at the difference when you have Michael Penix for multiple years. You know, obviously he could have entered the NFL draft a year ago, but boy, it was a great decision not to in retrospect, you know, and that's the difference just from year one to year two and you're, you know, a transfer quarterback, um, you know, in Bailey's case, he's, he's, he's built like a basketball player. As you can see, he's a six, six, one eighty. He's a, he's a tall, thin guy. I, I call his high school team the, the greatest show on turf. Yeah, you he's said he's got he's throwing to a couple dudes, huh? Yeah, he, he's got the dream team around him. <laughs> and, you know, in a way, it, it, it's almost I, – I don't know if he has gotten his just due in, in many ways. Even as a four-star recruit, you know, a lot of times it's like, yeah, he's a good quarterback, but, oh, what about those wide receivers or, you know, whatever. But um, they have a, a receiver named Jeremiah Smith who people think is that once in a decade type wide receiver who is committed to Ohio state, but Florida state, Miami have not given up at all. 
And there's a lot of drama around Jeremiah Smith until he finally signs that letter of intent. Another receiver going to Miami, running back going to UNC, um, a young receiver or a young running back, I should say, who's going to be a good one. So, you know, all kinds of weapons around him. They they usually blow everybody out. <laughs> He's got, you know, video game numbers for stats. He probably barely played in the fourth quarter, you know. But what he, what he has a gift for um, – he's not robotic as a quarterback, you know, he can, he can kind of make something out of nothing. N not so much like, like in a Russell Wilson, like run around all over the place kind of way, but just, you know, different arm angles, the way he could just kind of create a throw on the run or, or rolling out. I mean, that it, 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 not every quarterback can do that. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think he'll be a big runner, um, you know, and obviously, you know, state, Ran, ran their quarterbacks a lot the last couple of years. So it'll be interesting to see how much he runs. But, you know, I, I I wouldn't be shocked if they wouldn't, if they were to get maybe that young developmental quarterback in the portal that, that gives Bailey some competition. Otherwise, I have a hunch that this time next year we'll be talking about, you know, whose who state might get in the portal. Right. But, you know, so there's hey, that. Year to year proposition now. I, yeah. I think that's probably the best way to look at it. So Jason yeah. Zimble. Wolfpack Central, NC State Rivals. Go check out his work, please. He has a busy day tomorrow. He's got signing day official. And then uh, NC State, St. Louis, hoops. So uh, big, big day. Home game on the schedule, Joe. It, it, sadly, it is. Um, uh, before I let you go, though, I, my big question is that linebacker. And I, I, it's going to be hard for a freshman to come in and do that. But is this where the JUCO angle comes in? Or did they get a different transfer? Who's going to help them transfer. a linebacker? Yeah, so they bring in four high school players, um, and then they bring in a junior college transfer named Wyatt Wright. Uh, he's originally from Delaware. Uh, he went to Fresno City Community College in California, and then this past year he was down in Mississippi at Mississippi Gulf Coast. You know, he's kind of like that that heat-seeking missile kind of downhill, you know, see people, crush them type linebacker. Yeah. Um, so he has some, some terrific highlights out there. I think, you know, I look at it like this, is that you have Devin Betty, who's back and experienced, and, K and Caden Fornham is going to be expected to be, quote-unquote, you know, yep. one of the main guys. Yep. That third spot is wide open. You know, that that whoever it is, whether it's a Wyatt Wright, you know, shoot, there's people talking this week about Sean Brown moving in from safety. But whatever they end up doing, um, you know, that, that third spot's open. Uh, for the Wyatt Wrights of the world or, or one of the players that are, haven't, you know, only played special teams like a Jalen Parker or, you know, whoever. I, I actually really like Kamal Bonner, who's a, a freshman uh, a freshman who redshirted, but got his four games in before uh, um, before he redshirted, mostly special teams. So I think I think he's a, you know, a, a very promising outside linebacker type. Um, but, yeah, that that's going to be one of the things, obviously, until they announce there'll be drama around the cornerback position with Shaheen Battle and, and Aiden White, um, which, you know, if they lose both, you know, that that's a big lift to replace two very good corners. Um, you know, obviously we mentioned Jonathan Paler, but he's not the only receiver. I mean, they, right. you know, there was basically eight good in-state receivers. You know, UNC got, I think, three of them, four of them. UNC got four of them. State got two of them. Um, one went to Notre Dame. I mean, it was an unusually strong year at the wide receiver spot. 
uh, in the state. And, you know, it, state doesn't normally offer eight, nine guys uh, at wide receiver in the state of North Carolina. So they, they def, desperately wanted Paler, obviously, but they also really wanted Terrell Anderson, who's a, another one. Georgia came calling at one point. He visited. And then I don't know if Georgia just was like, you know what, maybe getting a portal receiver made more sense. But yeah. the, the the flirtation ended, and now he's obviously going to NC State. He's a 6'3", fast, gifted receiver who's got a lot of ability. How much he'll do as a freshman, uh, we'll see. But yeah. he should be a guy that is a playmaker down the road. And um, I just got to see two of the South Carolina commits at receiver in the Shrine Bowl on Saturday. Um, one caught a uh, Christian Zachary caught a 42 yard bomb. Uh, Jamar Boston is the other one. He won the state title. That that's the other thing that that is interesting about the recruiting class, the the state title part. I think five of the high school players that are signing won the state title, had their teams win the state title. Um, I think 18 of the 20 prep players played for pretty good winning teams. Um, two 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 not so much, but <laughs> but. Can't you know, all be winners. That's, yeah, that's but I mean, a lot of when you go when I go through this stuff, I'm like, oh, this team went 13 and two, and this team played for the state title and, and lost. Um, just last week, the running back, uh, one of the running back commits, Jaden uh, Scott, whose nickname is Duke, um, Georgia kid, his Stockbridge team played for the state title, first time in school history. This 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 guy ran for over 2,400 yards. You know, I mean, Jordan Waters will be a key piece, but it would be fascinating Not to see really. who ends up with them, whether, yeah. you know, they're still going to, I mean, there, there's guys in the portal at running back that they still might get. Um, so my hunch is that there won't be as, as much drama next year about trying to find three running backs with two of them getting most of the playing time. Yeah. And then the third one is kind of like that emergency thing where they can go back to having a Zonovan Knight and a Ricky person in a rotation which worked terrifically during that stretch of time. Um, you know, and then the other other guy I just want to give a, a brief mention to, we, obviously Jonathan Paler gets a lot of attention, but Ronnie Ronnie Royal is like the Jonathan Paler of Alabama. Um, his, high, his high school coach used to be the coach at Louisiana, Louisiana Lafayette. Okay. Um, had been a head coach at Austin P and assistant coach at Mississippi State. So he has a high school coach who's getting him ready for college. But I appreciate guys who, you know, play running back, catch passes, punt return, kick return, play in the secondary. If anyone looks up Ronnie Royal on Twitter, you will see one of the greatest one-handed interceptions in a state title game of anybody. <laughs> like it is an um, like an, just an amazing one-handed snag as a DB. And state recruited him as a safety. Other schools wanted him at running back. You know, and it, it's I've never seen a class with this many punt and kick returners. Like state, no, they need them. They never have that problem. I mean, obviously, need Ray is a good kick returner, and Jalen Coyd handled it this year, right? But moving forward, like state has more kick and punt return options than I can ever recall. Yeah, so that, that's what is kind of unique. You got a class, a class of winners. You got a, some position versatility. Which all right, now, now you're losing me. Just stop <laughs> because I think they added the. I think they added some good pieces. We'll see how it all. Can, can we get a good rant though about how NC State needs to beef up their home schedule in basketball? Yeah, we can, but um, <laughs> no, you know how I feel about signing day. Everybody's a winner on signing day. We'll we'll see who sticks around. We'll see who develops. We'll see how it works out. I, I will give uh, uh, more credit. He knows how to develop players, so it'll be interesting to see the world. 
Yeah, days and variations. You know how it is. I mean, I mean, I'm watching what Lane Kiffin's doing in the portal, and it's like a whole different level. Oh, they're going hard. They, yeah. they know. They but know they have to take a swing yeah. at it when they have it. Yeah, everything about the portal is about nil money. Yep. There's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Well, yeah, one one player NC State got out of the portal last year in basketball was DJ Burns. Great job, uh, JC, for transitioning for me. Yeah. I have, a, con- I have yeah. a conversation with the big boy DJ Burns on the other side. And uh, JC, appreciate you, man. Merry Christmas to you. We will do this again. Maybe we'll talk before the bowl game to to see who the heck's playing and who isn't. Maybe you can give me a Kansas State uh, scouting Kansas breakdown. Does State too. even have a roster left? I don't know. I don't even know. So you, <laughs> I'll put you in charge. We'll do that next week. Again, check out his work. It's JC Zimble, NC State Rivals, Wolfpack Central. JC, enjoy enjoy your Christmas tomorrow, if you will. Sure. Please. I, I hope underneath the Christmas tree that they can have like maybe bowl games in August. Uh, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for them to go full Julio and yeah. adopt my system. All right, let's let's talk a little bit of hoops. We've got uh, DJ Burns, the big boy, right here. A Law of the Wolf, next. Right, joining me on the in-person Heaster Automotive Group hotline, it's none other than DJ Burns, Wolfpack in the house. Yes, sir. The big boy. There's too many DJs now. How do you, how do you keep all the DJs straight on the team? Are uh, you the OG DJ? Yeah, definitely. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Really, uh, he'll just call DJ Horn Horn, or he'll call me Burns if he says both at the same time. So he'll he'll differentiate one way or the other. I kind of feel like though you've earned the respect to be the DJ, and he would be the new person, and he would just be Horn, right? Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, you know, it keeps you humble. So okay, I wouldn't say one's above the other. I I prefer Big Boy, but you know, hey, that's the handle. Long as it's <laughs> long as it's something smooth, we keep it light. It'll be cool. It'll be know? all right. Okay, yeah. Let, let's start with the last thing that we've seen, which was the Tennessee game. So, first of all, do you still know people? I feel like it's been what six years ago, right, since you were at Tennessee. Yeah. So, do you still know people over there and you have friends on the team? Yeah, I know a few of them. Um, grew up around Josiah James. Um, a few of them. Uh, I'm not gonna try and pronounce his last name. <laughs> But um, my guy, two, two, five, he's, he's pretty cool. Okay. I've been around, spent some time around him. And um, most of those guys I've spent some time around. And a lot of the staff I still remember and know. So. Did you say to Josiah, like, why, why you got to do me like that? Like, nah. hit a huge game. I mean, sure. I was trying to do it to him. Too. Okay. Uh, hey, uh, you, you show can't respect nobody. by showing no respect. I get it. Yeah. What did you think of that game? It's a real litmus test for you guys. You know, Tennessee's a top 10 team, one of the best in the country, one of the best in the SEC. Uh, I thought the way that you guys fought with them was, was actually encouraging. Uh, yeah. Um, honestly, I feel like going into every game that we can win. So, um, I think we, we did our thing. We just didn't finish um, down the stretch, and that's something that we got to make emphasis on is staying locked in throughout the whole game and not having those mental breakdowns at the end. Is it difficult to add new pieces as the season goes along? You know, two weeks ago, you guys were over at Reynolds. You get MJ Rice. You're down in San Antonio. You get Cam Woods. Or, or is there enough in practice that you see enough of them in practice that you know that they can handle the transition and as a team you can handle the transition? Uh, I'm about to say they've been in the practices, so they pretty much know everything that we know. It's more of getting their game legs under them, you know. Um, I feel like Cam came in and gave us a great push that we needed, and I think as he adjusted, it'll only get better. You guys have shooters, but I kind of like that 
Herkimer jerk type release that he's got. Oh yeah, it's like from um, the hip pocket a little bit. You know, definitely catch you off guard. <laughs> you don't know when the shot is coming, so you better stay alert. <laughs> So, but you saw that in practice. You guys knew. I, I, I mean, I'm not expecting you to have uh, scouted them at North Carolina a and I don't, I don't know how much of that you try to keep up with when you add a player. Do you do you go back and maybe look at what a guy did at their previous stop just to see what you're you're getting? I'm gonna be honest. I do not. Um, we do <laughs> we do that in film with each sure. other, of course. But um, on my own, no, sir. I haven't. Okay, I'm just making sure because you know I was up late night watching your Winthrop tapes <laughs> and your mom tequila getting mad at me. Because I was like, man, is this, is this going to work in the ACC? Yeah. She's like, you questioned my boy. I don't think I, that was the highlight of my opener, work. though. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think anyone would thought it would work. But, you know, I like surprising people. So we good. What did you think? How did you think it would go going into I mean, last year? I mean, you start at Tennessee. You, you had a lot of success at Winthrop, though. It's not like you were somebody at the end of the bench scoring four points a game. I mean, I knew it would work. Um, that's why they brought me here, you know, um, because they knew it would work. But, um yeah, I didn't expect anybody else. You know, I don't necessarily pass an eye test initially, so <laughs> I don't expect any respect, but I always earn it, so, you know. Was there one thing that you look back on in last year and go, okay, that was really cool. I like that. Uh, playing with Jarkel Joyner. And T. Yeah. Um, anytime I was in a little bit of distress, I knew that I could throw that ball out, go set a ball screen, and something good was going to happen. And um, I feel like we're getting to that point this year. But last year, it was just automatic, you know. Um, I knew I had that, that help whenever I needed it. It does feel like because I do think DJ Horn, I do think Jaden Taylor are obviously good players. You guys are running some different stuff, though. Yeah. Um, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of the three across, one run on the baseline, one up top with the ball. You get your Iverson cut coming across the middle using you as that primary screener. Uh, I, I kind of like, I mean, maybe it was just the Tennessee game. It seemed like it was almost every set, but uh, it looks good to me. Yeah, I mean, A little bit different, a little bit different. It's a lot of actions out of that, so you can't really play it one way, and that's what we like about it. Um, I ain't going to give away too much sauce, so I'm going to just leave it at that. <laughs> but, yeah, it definitely makes it hard to guard when you have so many options coming off of different ways. When you have the games like BYU and Tennessee against the, you know, the top competition, do you feel like you learn more even in a loss from those games than maybe, you know, a, a blowout win uh, against a lesser team? Uh, I mean, you definitely want to learn through a win. But, yeah, it's a, it's a little easier to go back and um, look at things that we need to work on when it's not so easy to get everything that we want. So I definitely think it makes a difference. What do you think you guys need to do? You get St. Louis Wednesday, and then you, you've already played one league game, but it'll really start in January where do you feel like you need to be heading into league play to, to get back to where you were last year? Because you guys were in the tournament. You were you were in the big dance. Uh, just continuing to try and win every game and um, keep it consistent throughout the whole entire game instead of having a let up or a let down during towards the end. Did you have to say anything after the BYU game or even the Ole Miss game? Like, hey, when things are not going our way, we just kind of have to settle. It felt like a little bit of a panic. Maybe not Ole Miss was a was a scheduled loss, in my opinion. Anytime you go to a tournament and then come back and go on the road, you can go look at the records for all those ACC, Big Ten type games like that. The road team almost always loses. I'm not necessarily worried about that game. But the BYU game, 
your head, I felt like you guys were in control of that game, but it was like, they start making every three they're taking and it becomes, you know, just, it just felt like you needed a, okay, it's going to be okay. Let's get a touch here. Let's, let's get a hoop. Let's, let's slow this thing down and get this thing going in the right direction. Did that feel like something that you had to explain to your teammates after that, I guess is what I'm getting at. Uh, no, nah, not really. Our coaches, um, they did a good job of of coaching us on what to do. Um, it's more so our execution. We got to clean that up, and that's on us. We can't blame anybody for that but ourselves. Um, the coaches always put us in great positions to win, but if we don't execute, it means nothing. And um, I think our coach gets blamed a lot for a lot of things that aren't his no, fault. No, not Kevin. Never. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he definitely does get blamed a lot. for. Um, every time there's a breakdown, it's blame the coach. Right. The coach. right. Why is there no adjustment? But he's not on the court. He's not the one who's got to make the plays and passes. He's not the one who gets backdoor cut it. Um, he's not the one who's coming off of those screens still trying to defend. So he's putting us in all the right positions. It's up to us to go get it done. That's how I feel. Yeah. The the group this year, the way that you guys are, like I said, the parts coming together. Has there been anybody of your new additions that have surprised you? Where you're like, oh, that guy's a baller. Uh, I would say Dennis. More so, I just didn't expect him to come in and make the impact that he was making off the rip as a freshman. Um, simply because he's a freshman. We know he's capable, but you mm-hmm. know, he kind of surprises you when he does, you know. Things that freshmen usually don't do unless they're supposed to be one and done guys. Is it wild to think that there are 60 year guys like you playing against 18 years old, 18 year olds? Uh, when I was a freshman in sophomore, yeah, you, <laughs> you would have told me that. I um, I would have laughed if you told me this is where I'd be right now. But um, honestly, yeah, um, I think that the way things have shifted in college basketball it is definitely a little easier to be here now. So um, older is better. Expected. Yeah, it's yeah, more yeah. expected now, so more so than when I was coming up. You you had a choice to make uh last summer and you you had options, certainly in the in the NIL world. Uh and you're back here. So what was what was it about state and what was it about your choice here that you were pretty steadfast in? I don't think we even heard a word about you potentially entertaining another destination last summer. Uh honestly it just felt like a family setting. I don't I think it was too many places where um, they had a pitch that didn't have anything to do with NIL. Everybody just wanted to throw some money at you and see if you would come. I'm like, but what about your program? What about your team? Who am I going to play with? And they're like, hey, here's a couple hundred thousand dollars. And I'm just like, what about your school (laughs) is why I should come here? And I was, NC State was one of the first and only schools who had an approach that had nothing to do with NIL. So, um, that's what really sold me because I don't really, I'm not really doing this for money. Yeah. So you have an agent? Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, who handles all of that for you? It just feels like it's, I feel like the NCAA, like people like me, I follow the sport. I'm not involved in it every day like you are. I'm not, I don't understand the ins and outs of people who approach you and the different, like I'm sure people last year when you were playing well, when I say people, maybe other schools were like, hey, man. You know, it wouldn't be the worst idea for you to come play for us. Like, I don't know how all of this works, right? Like, that's that to me is what feels like I really wish there was some sort of regulation to all of this in terms of I feel like you should be employees of the school. I feel like you should be able to share in the revenue that you help generate, right? Like, NIL is nice. Don't get me wrong. I'm glad you have it. But it, it just feels like you have – the players should have a share of what they generate. Like, that's my – opinion so i didn't know of how much you thought about this stuff or because uh, I mean, you're 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 in it 
You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just talking about it. You're you're living it. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. I think that um that's definitely something that should have been started, you know, a long time ago. Yeah. The way that they make a lot of money off of us. So um, I think it should have been happening before now. But um, I'm glad that I got the experience yeah. before I was done for sure. Yeah, there's there's progress there, and I get it. I'm not. No one's trying to get you in trouble. We're just trying to have a conversation about how the world works, and you can educate me a little bit. So um, I mentioned your mom had come up and introduced herself at the opener, and that was I. I Made me feel good. Um, they, they go to every game? Uh, everyone they can make. My sister's in college now. Okay. So she has her own basketball game. She plays for um, Newberry College. And um, when they can, when they're not at her games, they'll come down every time mm-hmm. they can make it home or away for sure. But they're still living in Rock Hill. Rock Hill, South Carolina. All right. Did I, does, does the car, we're, we're not worried about the car and... She's 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 good. Mom's good. We're taking care oh, of mom. Yeah, mom was great before. I, okay, before NIO, she's been good. <laughs> All right, good. No, I just <laughs> that's a lot, you know, driving through Charlotte and getting here to these games. Oh, yeah. And I know, I know, no driving. That's, that's okay. Pops, good, uh, good. Pops, pops, pops is pops on it. The driving done. Good. All right. Uh, does she, what are what are some of her critiques of your of your game? Uh, just continuing to be consistent. Yeah, um, she's watching <laughs> free throws, jumpers. What is, what does yeah, she what does she look at? She's watched me play for a long time, so she knows when I'm being more aggressive than not, and she knows you know when I'm feeling it, when I'm not. So her advice is always just continue to play through it, no matter how you feel, what's going on, and you know block out all the distractions that will keep you from being in the my the right mindset to be able to play as um to the best of your ability Uh oh well here comes the fire alarm i think that's our cue to get out of here <laughs> dj burns i appreciate you taking some time for us here on the law of the wolf um you have a favorite spot in raleigh yet or a favorite spot in on the acc that you like uh going to uh, not yet. I'm still okay. trying to decide. There's so many great things to do here in Raleigh. I haven't been able to decide yet. All right. Well, if you, I'll just say it. If you had an NIL thing you needed to plug, we were, we were going to do that. Make sure that you're taking care of and your people. Go tap into some Mount Olive pickle juicers after your game, before your game. It's going to get your body right. Mount Olive pickle juices? Yes, sir. All right, Keeps man. Keep cramps away, baby. <laughs> Keep those cramps away. DJ, appreciate you, man. Best of luck rest of the way. Yes, sir. We'll be seeing you down the road here, of course. Thanks again to DJ Burns and Craig Hamill over at NC State. And of course, Wolfpack basketball, they have uh, St. Louis. Wednesday night should be an interesting game at home. Maybe the only interesting game they've played at home. Uh, That's disappointing. I wish they would uh, fix some of those things for me, but we'll see how that goes in the future. Also, thanks again to JC Zemble. Again, tomorrow is his real Christmas signing day for NC State football. Appreciate him helping us sort out who's coming in and how they could help the Wolfpack next season. We'll be back next week. We'll talk some NC State football again because it's the bowl game. Who's playing? Who's not? What does it mean? What should we take from this? And what do we expect to see from Kansas State down at the Pop-Tarts Bowl in Orlando? Appreciate everyone for joining us and supporting us all year. Again, if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. If you're following us on uh, Apple, Spotify, the Googles, however it works, Give us that rate. Five stars only. Positive vibes only. Merry Christmas to all. We'll see you guys next week right here on Law of the Wolves. Wolfpack ain't for soft. It ain't for soft people.